previously on the Simon and Ross podcast. I'm my pens out. I'm crossing Empire out. I'm putting Star Wars. All right, just keep that. Empire then. That's fine. <laughs> was that too much? That was in my arm. <laughs> Under all circumstances, can you cross out Empire in whatever context? <laughs> yeah. All right, so number three, A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing number one. No, have we just no, done number no. two? Yeah, it was Hook. Hook is your number two. I mean, we didn't talk about Hook much, but you know, it was it was there. It was mentioned. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you have to you go watch it. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we start talking not, about. Not quite trying to talk about Hook or Jim and Jai. Are you? Is there? <laughs> so we'll talk about Jimmy Savile instead. <laughs> Right, so before we go to number one, I'll do a recap. So at number five, we have Fight Club. At number four, Empire Strikes Back. Definitely Empire Strikes Back. Uh, number three, <laughs> I've written Mrs. Doubtfire. It was Hook, wasn't it? It was Hook. <laughs> what kind of show is this? <laughs> um, and I've not written down number two. What was number two? <laughs> Number two was Hook, wasn't it? Well, you missed out Fight Club. No, he had Fight Club. Fight Club, Empire Strikes Back. Shining. The Shining was the first. Shining. Wasn't the Shining a reject? Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In Bruges. In Bruges. In Bruges. Bruges. There we go. No, that was six. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about so much stuff. It's very tangent-heavy so, podcasts. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's very common to lose track of where we are. It happens all the time. That's a sign of a good one. Good flow, yeah. Um, so, number one. Oh, I'm Simon, what the fuck? Anders, number one. Ooh, we think. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Might be number sorry. two. Might be number 12. We don't know. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, trying to say something that the voice. Okay, yeah, the voice. That's your first clue. The voice. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No. Uh, <laughs> House Atreides. Hey. Oh. House of, House of what? Atreides. So. House of Atreides, yeah. original or new? New. Really? I kind of like right, them okay. both, but I do like the new one. Right. Okay. What the fuck's House of Atreides? Uh, still that? suit. I think I've stumped Ross. Yeah, you might as well be talking in fucking Latin right now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the words coming. Spice. If you don't get it on this one. Spice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that might seem like a good clue uh, if, if you know what any context around the other <laughs> ones. But to me right now, I've got a lot of spice. Is it Spice World from the Spice Girls? <laughs> yes. 
So we've got House of Atreus. I don't know what that is. Um, we've got Spice. We've got Soap and Meatloaf's Tits. <laughs> that was from before. <laughs> it's a different film. What were the other clues? And, and there's two versions of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and there's some series as well, mini series. This might help him. It's a series of books. One of the best sci-fi writers yeah. known. Big worms. Big worms. <laughs> That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> Very big worms. Huge worms, in fact. It's going to say tremors in a minute. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> sand. Sand. Lots of sand. David Lynch. Sting. <laughs> oh God! That's yeah. Have I have I seen this or read any of them? Or I thought you'd read, I thought you'd read read it. Or oh, going right. to read it. Oh, maybe I've just got it. But no, I think yeah. you're. I think you're massively overestimating my knowledge of it. <laughs> okay. Are you talking about June? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you not read it? I haven't read it. I haven't seen oh, the original. Oh, Ross, read the book, Ross. Oh, yeah, read but you can't. It's, it's, not the, it's not the same as bloody Mrs. Da- Mrs. Whatever. Yeah. What are your, your se- opinions, Simon? I've not seen the new one. Not seen no. the new one. Um, I, I really want to. Uh, was, it, yeah. um, was it Ryan Johnson that directed it? Oh, Villeneuve, Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, one, yep, Villeneuve. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, Dennis Villeneuve. So he did, he did Blade Runner twenty yep. forty nine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that that was genuinely one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. <laughs> Blade Runner, the the, the new one, the new one. The, the, yeah, yeah. The story isn't amazing, but it, it's beautifully filmed. Every single bit of it. it it's uh, you, you could you could pause any any bit of it and have it as wall art. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it's June similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The escape yeah. that, like, um, the book gives you so much like um, detail and how big things are. Yeah. And they really nailed that on uh, in the um, the visuals for this film. So the, so, the, bo- yeah. the books are worth reading. Then, uh, is it a trilogy then? Or um, well, the least, first book was a trilogy. I think. Yeah, there's like a few of them. The first book was actually written by Frank, um, but I think his son wrote the sequels, which is why they're not really that great compared to the first one um, yeah no at least that's what i've heard is that wrong <laughs> no i don't think that's true um just come a liar to his face ross just don't go <laughs> I'm, just looking, I'm just looking and, and there's there's yeah, you. i think i am wrong oh yeah. shit i am yeah are you thinking of tolkien <laughs> uh, he might what the fuck i thought his son wrote Maybe I am thinking of Tolkien because his son wrote the Samaritan, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he continued to to write. No, uh, long after. No, that's bullshit as well. No, it's not. No, uh, no, uh, no. Uh, Tolkien wrote Christopher Tolkien did. Yeah, Samaritan was just like notes, and then his son pieced it together. Uh, he he put it all together. Yeah. Yeah, it was published posthumously. Don't question Ross on talking; he'll he'll snap back at you very quickly, like yeah. a big worm. Well, the whole point is the Lord, the Lord of the Rings was basically everyone saying, "Look, you've got these amazing, you've got this amazing world. You need to make it more accessible because no cunt's going to sit down and read Silmarillion as it is." No. <laughs> Have you read the Silmarillion? I, 
a lot of us own it, but I've never read it. I've read it um, a long time ago, and I've, I've, I'm going to read it again. Um, I, I read it when I was too young, really. Uh, so I didn't fully understand a lot of it. I read, I read, I read the Hobbit, all of the Lord of the Rings, and the Silmarillion, as well as some other bits and pieces from talking when I was really young. Yeah. Um, and then went back and I've reread. I mean, I've read Lord of the Rings a couple of times. We did a full podcast on it. I made Simon read all the books. No, oh, that's which, cool. which is a big thing because Simon can't read. So I mean, that was. <laughs> How the hell did that work? It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> you, seen, you have a, a microphone in this? Or a I finished them. I finished them so far ahead of. I don't think you ever finished them, did you? You just, you just thought, right, we've done the series. I've got no. It, it, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you sleep at night, actually. <laughs> Very well, thanks. But first of all, with that fringe. <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all, I don't know how you can do so well, right? Given that I know that you don't read very you know pretty much at all yeah um we start this together saying i can read road signs and things you read you read (laughs) you read all of the fellowship all of the two towers and 70 percent of return of the king and then just decide to not finish it that's mad that's madness to me (laughs) i know it ends (laughs) you don't know i do how because it's not the same way it does in the films no, uh, it's, uh, uh, Saruman comes back and um, messes the Shire up. Yeah, well, yeah, I've told you this, but that's not the point. No, I knew that anyway. Right, I've already read. I, I have already read the books, Ross. Well, he does, you, but <laughs> yeah. Do you not know yeah, this? He did. How did he, he come did. back? Saruman, have, a go Saruman. If, have a go at him for not reading the books. Go on, go on. Have a, yeah, have but, a go at your it. friend for not reading the books. <laughs> Yes, the end of the books goes on a, a lot more than the films, and all the hobbits return back to the Shire, and it's a fucking hellhole, and it's been taken over by orcs, and uh, even like hobbits of now, it's basically turned into dictatorship, and a lot of people are in prison. It's just black and horrible, and like they see it, you know, they have this vision yeah. in the Palantir. Of yeah. uh, of the Shire burning. That's basically what it's like. They go back and they know that there's there's this chief that everyone's talking about that's basically responsible for all of this, and they have to fight the way through. And um, there there is the thing called the War of the Shire, and they go to um, Bag End and Saruman. It's called it's, it's called the raising of the Shire Ross. The raising of the Shire, fine. Um, and the uh, and and the <laughs> I read the titles. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Saruman has taken up. Saruman has, has survived and has taken up residence in Bag End. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And Wormtongue. I thought he killed Wormtongue. No. Or is that no, just in the um, films? So, so, just the films. so in the book, um, Wormtongue kills Saruman. Yeah. Because basically, the hobbits, the hobbits kill all of Saruman's forces within the Shire. How? Because the well, first of all, Merry and Pippin, Merry and Pippin are Merry and Pippin are juicy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fucking. You know. You know. They hang out with the ants. Yeah. Well, they drink all of the ant juices. Oh. Okay. And the ant juices make them juicy. <laughs> so the fucking just built muscular muscular hobbits are about twice the size that they should have got any right to <laughs> Can't be. Can't scratch their backs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Stick so, a watermelon between the shoulder blades, and they can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but but they, they all each of the hobbits, so Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin, they all disperse and basically 
raise a hobbit army because all the hobbits are too scared to stand up against this this force that's invaded the shire so they come back from obviously destroying the ring they're all yeah. full of beans and confident and juicy <laughs> in some instances so so they raise this army they destroy all of Saruman's followers at go to bag end Saruman and Wormtongue come out and they have a conversation on the doorstep and then Saruman's like starts giving shit to Wormtongue Wormtongue stabs Saruman in the back and then they're all like let Wormtongue go or something or like oh they try and he basically goes to run and um, somebody fucking fires an arrow into Wormtongue's back and he dies and then uh, yeah and then the Shire gets slowly built back up Nice, but they had like they have like Hobbit like work camps, like labor camps, and that like it's fucking yeah. dark. I can't imagine they could get much done being that short. Like what the hell? What the hell can they work on? Yeah, but yeah, but remember they're juicy. Oh yeah, so you know they're juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of walking on bongos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the the end of the, the actual books, the end of Return of the King is. Goes far beyond what you see in yeah. the films. Mm. Um, but obviously, yeah. there's, al- there's already 17 endings to Return of the King film anyway. So if they added another 12 onto the end of it, it'd feel like, like it never ended. Well, they hang yeah. out, don't they, for ages in yeah. um, Gondor because obviously Aragorn is now king. He gets married. Um, and then they want um, they want um, the Rahirim and that. No, they, no, they actually um, they do a tour. They do a bit of a Sort of, you know, like uh, a farewell, like Elton John's doing. Oh, like an open-top bus type thing? Yeah, yeah. They do, yeah. A, they do a bit of a farewell tour around Middle-earth. Tour bus in Middle-earth. They, they just stop. Like, they, you know, they, 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 play, they, play, they play a gig at Lothlorien, and then they play a gig in Rohan. It's an open-top, like Wembley. And, uh, and all, all the favourites. They play all the favourites. Gladrio comes on for a duet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gandalf comes on and does Don't Stop Me Now. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'd have put him down Maurice Crocodile Rock. <laughs> and the and yeah, they, 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 they all, uh, yeah. They, they, and, and then slowly but surely, each of the travellers peel off to the respective places. And then you end up with just the hobbits and they're, they're back at the Prancing Pony. And the guy at the Prancing Pony is telling them everything. You know, he's like, "Oh fucking hell!" You know, we've seen we've seen fucking orcs coming through here, and they're like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "There's been some orcs round here. It's not the same as it used to be round here since you boys left ten months ago." You know, and they're like, "Well, why? What's going on?" He said, "Oh, there's this mysterious fucking bloke who's raised the Shire and has gone there." Like, fuck me, you know. So they then go back and they have a that goes on for like two hundred pages, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like another little book at the back end of Return of the King. Back end of bag end. Mm. Right in the right in the right in the bag end he got him, didn't he? <laughs> right, right up the bag end. Yeah, um, right so, up there. <laughs> like E.T.'s finger. Um so uh, <laughs> how do you feel about how do you feel about the David Lynch version then? Of June, by the way. Oh June, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it before I read the books. Yeah. Uh, the first book. And then um recently i watched it again and had a lot more appreciation for it because of how much lynch actually put into it i love lynch as a a director it wasn't the best no best of his works um i'm actually he i'm actually glad he got that otherwise he would have directed star wars 
and uh, I don't think Lynch could do Star Wars. <laughs> he got offered, George Lucas offered him to direct Star Wars, and he's like, no, I'm going to go do Dune. So, right. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think I th- they, I remember Dune coming out and it was marketed wrong. Yeah. It was, it was marketed at kids. I, I had a Dune sticker book. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just not think a kid this, movie. <laughs> it's not a kid movie at all. Um, it was it was marketed as one. Um, I, I'm sure there was toys, um, and and there was a big thing in England about Sting being in it, which yeah. is which is yeah. such a weird such a weird uh, like little niche thing for him. But it, it was marketed all wrong. I went to see it as a kid, and I just thought, I don't get any of this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get any of it. The bits where he's like riding the worm, you can appreciate as a kid because it looks fun. Um, yeah. But it, the rest of it absolute nonsense <laughs> it, was, it was it's a lot it of talking just, it's a lot like, of talking. i feel like, like a lot of not like much it. happening a yep. bit, little bit of gross bits where you know where he's picking his spots out of his face and yeah. it's just a bit gross um and the thing is obviously coming back at it later after sort of watching a lot of david lynch stuff it's all the actors that are in all the rest yep. of it, the, the things that, that he's done um as well so it's kind of one of them that if you like David Lynch films, you kind of have to watch. Yeah. Um, but you'd rather not. <laughs> so, so um, I, and and I, th- I think there was something. I think it was a wasn't it supposed to be a series or something, and and it got changed at the last minute um, to be a film or something, um, which is why it's a little bit rushed and a bit a, a bit odd in parts. Because um, I think it was supposed to be a series. I might be wrong in this, but I, I, seem th- to I think you're right about that. I think yeah. I remember him, but and, the budget believe, wasn't there. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it over oh, it overran budget wise and time wise. Yeah. I think it doesn't it doesn't it end at a, a weird point. It doesn't really end when the film the, the books finish. Um, or yeah, no, remember. yeah, the ending yeah. is extremely ambiguous, and um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You're right. Now that you say that, the ending was pretty ambiguous. Yeah. You would have you have to be a book reader. Uh, to know the story to be like okay i guess yeah i yeah. know i know what happens but the audience uh, having not read the book if you didn't then you're gonna be like what the fuck did i just watch yeah <laughs> and the, the fight scenes with patrick stewart when he's like as a block it's just that that it's so, so weird <laughs> it looks really stupid but they didn't have 3d modeling back then no um so they had to hand paint that every frame <laughs> That whole right. scene is hand painted, <laughs> but it looks like it's 3D. So I mean, that's that's an accomplishment, but it just it it was not <laughs> look <good>. shit. <laughs> it was shit. shit. I mean, we appreciate all the time and effort you've done there. Two years of painting yeah. these has been amazing, but it's awful. It's like it's like it's like <laughs> me spending like you know a year saying how many threads this carpet is made up of, and you know I could come back to you in a year and say it's this many. It might be impressive, but what a fucking waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> What's the fucking... It's like, all oh, right, The effort nice. was put there. Yeah. <laughs> got to yeah. accompli- give them some Why? accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean, do we still pay him? <laughs> it's, it's impressive. He's put a lot of time and effort in. He checked it 12 times as well. I don't want to pay the, him. The man, but the man is mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lost his mind. <laughs> June is one of those things where I know nothing about it. I've 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 always um a friend of mine had the book 
and mm-hmm. I always intended to read it. Just never, never did. Um, and then I didn't want to watch the original film without having read the book. Yeah. Um, because it's always a bit fucked if you do it the other way around. It's better to watch, read the book, have a really good time, and then be let down by the film. That's typically what happens. <laughs> That's fine. The problem is if you read, if you watch the film and it's wank, it will put you off reading the book. So never do it that yeah. way. The book is usually the, the film is usually the shit one. Yeah, when it comes <laughs> to books to book to film. The film is always a, I mean, can you think of a book that's shit, but the film was awesome? Mrs. Doubtfire. Jack and Jill. <laughs> 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 don't think they're books, fellas. <laughs> but uh, you, you, you get the point, don't you? It very yeah, rarely yeah, is it the other way around because if it was a shit yeah. book, nobody would think that'd be an amazing film. I you... understand. Like um, most people do agree with you on that, and because I uh, I have a minor in film studies, I tend to go the other way. Um, I pro- I'd rather uh, I find myself getting less disappointed by watching the film first and then reading the book because. Um, that way, I don't get my hypes up after, if I read the book first. You know, the problem. The problem with doing it that way is it taints your imagination. It does. Because, you're you're right. Yeah. You'll read the. You'll watch the film, and these characters are presented to you, and this is what they look like. And then you go to read the book, and inevitably, those characters are going to look like Patrick Stewart. They're going to look like you know whoever, and and that's the yeah. way you envision them. Now, in some instances, that works amazingly well. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, like they are expertly cast game of yeah. thrones you know perfectly cast yeah but if if harry potter the films that had come out first i'd have known hermione's name was hermione not hermione yeah that's just <laughs> been retard though <laughs> i can't i can't help you with that that's called being a retard. and there's loads of people that have done that but i knew a hermione like i, I one of my one of my best hermione. friends growing up was a, was a girl called hermione so i knew it was hermione. i've never heard the name her, so, so i've never heard the name hermione so many people know hermione. it was hermione or hermione yeah yeah, yeah. well I, I guess my imagination isn't like what it was when i was a kid so i guess having those characters to envision helps me guide through the story i guess a bit more when i'm reading it I'd, i just like to create i just like to have an idea in my mind of what somebody looks like off of my own because that's that's the beauty of reading a book right is you get to use mm. your imagination everybody has like you know the idea of what a place or what an area looks like not just a character but you could be talking about a town or a fictional village or whatever it is and in your mind you've got the layout is your own imagination mm. you've built what out what that layout looks like and if you watch a film you've robbed yourself of that because it's been, it's very, very hard to think, well, I'm going to forget us in the film and I'm going to create my own, you know, it's very, very difficult to do that once you've already seen somebody else's interpretation of it visually. Well, how do you, well, how do you, like when you're, when you're obviously when you read uh, uh, Lord of the Rings books, didn't you um, put a celebrity in that way or did you completely make someone up on like 100% on your own? I think you just imagine like you imagine what those roles tend that you know, a wizard, what does a wizard look like? Well, before Gandalf exists, it looked like Gandalf. Yeah. You know, robes and long hair and a beard. That that stereotype of a wizard was around before Ian McKellen played Gandalf. Yeah. Same with Gimli the Dwarf, same with Legolas the Elf, Aragorn. Yeah, so it's the same sort of thing. It's like this guy with sort of he's like a he's like a hunter, he's a hunter and gatherer. He's you know, you, you can you've got stereotypes that pre-exist that help you understand what you know, to envision what a character looks like because Lord of the Rings is that tale has been told over and over again in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and before and since. Yeah. 
yeah before and since that tale is it's a the idea of a group of people setting off on a quest to accomplish something has been done over and over and over again there was a module that i did because i did film um that's what i did my degree and even though i never i never i fucked it off before i graduated but um we, there was a module that we did in keen state and it was on uh it was on narrative theory and it was on it was it was this sort of thing what we're talking about it's where do these ideas come from? And there's a f- famous film theorist called Levi Strauss. Yep. And, 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 yeah, and, and he, he talked about all these characters originating from Russian fairy tales. And this idea of a protagonist and an antagonist, which is the most recognisable uh, yeah, story. Bad guy, bad guy. Yep. But then you've got all the bits in the middle, like you've got the, 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 the mentor, you've got the guide, You've got the father figure or the mother figure. You've got, you know, um, this character will inevitably die, but not before the impact, this wisdom, which will allow the protagonist to ultimately leave it. And all of those things. Are you happen. just talking about Star Wars or is there, is there other things? <laughs> well, you, you can apply about? it. You can apply it. You could, <laughs> you, you could probably apply this to Jack and Jill. It doesn't have to be so overt. <laughs> Let's not put any film. You've got a character who has to achieve some sort of goal, and you've got something that's preventing them from achieving that goal. Then lots of different character types have to play a part in order for point A to reach point B. And those those narrative stere- those those narrative stereotypes take lots of different forms. And Levi Strauss basically listed all of them. He's mm. like, here are the different forms these characters take, and here is the impact they have on the protagonist. And you can play around with that. So the really cool films that tend to be really unique fuck around with that base, those oh, fundamentals yeah. of narrative selling. So you know, if you there's, I mean, I'm just sort of talking off my head, but if you flip that on its head and you say, well, these characters are going to influence the antagonist instead of the protagonist, what you will end up with is something quite unique because it's usually the other way around. And you can fuck around with those type of narrative theories, and that's where you get the films that do stand out as being quite different, like Fight Club. It doesn't yeah. follow a traditional that you know uh chuck Palahniuk and like brett easton ellis he wrote american psycho yeah amazing film and like fight club american psycho is uh has an unreliable protagonist you're relying mm-hmm. on this protagonist to guide you through the story and tell you the story the problem is the protagonist is fucking mental <laughs> that's not a typical connotation of uh, a protagonist normally the protagonist is a little bit more heroic a little bit more trustworthy whereas mm-hmm. that like well what if the main character what if your guide wasn't trustworthy so you couldn't rely on what he was telling you as a film viewer or you couldn't rely on him as a storyteller because he's fucking nuts <laughs> that's an interesting way of flipping a narrative on its head and making a story you know better and a bit more different i can't remember where i was going with this <laughs> no we talk about narrative theory i can't remember why but um <laughs> Yeah. We were talking because um, uh, it led in from the reading before you watched the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other one that I like, another, another popular film theorist, is a guy called Alexander Todorov. And he came out with this sort of theory that every single story has three parts. It has an equilibrium, a disruption, and a resolution. <clears throat> and at the start of every film is an introduction and everything is okay everything is I- idealistic and then something will happen that disrupts that equilibrium and that the protagonist will always be trying to get back to that original equilibrium by mm. way of the resolution however by the time you reach that resolution that and that disruption that happened in the middle will forever have an effect 
on the beginning equilibrium. So they might get back to the Shire. However, all of the characters have been changed in such a way because of that disruption in the middle. So the resolution is reached. We've got a nice happy ending, but it's never quite the same as it was at the start of the film because of the events that have happened throughout. That's another like quite common example of narrative theory. Todorov and Strauss are two of the biggest. You'll have come across Amanda's a lot. Yeah, um, those, those two guys always prop up, prop up in film theory, narrative theory. There's a few other. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to think of films now that don't follow both of them. You'll I'm struggle. struggling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fight Club, like they, I, I don't know if Fight Club started it. They probably didn't it, um, but like they started with the end first. It opens up to him getting shot in the mouth, and then he yeah, how how does he miss? How does he miss <laughs> from that? There is no way that anyone will. I miss. think it was intentional. Do you think? Tyler, think it was yeah, himself well, trying not. To, yeah, Tyler probably was like, "Okay, he's actually going to kill himself. Yeah. I'd rather just leave." Right. Okay. I've never got that. I thought, wait, it, it, the gun was in his mouth. How does he miss when it's in his mouth? But if he's purposely trying to. It, 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 the other part of him is stopping himself from doing it essentially that's the only exp- explanation i suppose for that yeah i guess you could say I'm, fight I'm, club I'm, was fight club was um more character driven yeah story driven right like um yeah. if you if you think like uh tarantino, tarantino is a good example of character driven like pulp, pulp fiction you don't really know like there's no sort of overarching we're trying to get to this point what yeah. you're doing is following lots of different characters and like hateful eight is another one. You know, there's no real, yeah. there's no like, okay, you've got this, this is the end point. This is where we're trying to get to and various things are going to happen to get to there. It's like, there is no real end point. It's like, we're just focusing on this, this, this period of yeah. time with this, these characters and there's no real story. So uh, it doesn't matter where, where they are either, does it? They could be anywhere and have the same, the same film could have. Yeah, it's, it's entirely yeah. driven by the backstory of these characters rather than yeah. trying to get from A to B. You know, like Hitfly, I think, is that they're just trying to ride a storm out, aren't they? They're all, yeah. These bunch of people have been forced into this space during the storm. What happens in that space? I think Hitfly was originally going to be a play, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That was the idea. And what a play that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like it, but that's actually one of my favourite Tarantino films. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. I love that film. Yeah, it's really good, but it's because good. it's not as it's not as it's so focused. Yeah, yeah, you've got, you've got to appreciate character driven because if you look at Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. that's less so. You've got an, you've you've got a group of people who are trying to who are trying to assassinate Hitler. That's your story. Yeah, yeah. So you've, got, so you've got a start point and an end point. You've got things happening, you know, that are driving towards that end goal. Are they going to actually get to Hitler? Yeah. Yeah. Think- Spoiler warning, they do. <laughs> yeah, Inglorious Bastards, he took a turn yeah. with that one. I think it was more focused on the story, like you said, instead of uh, the characters, because we never really learned that much about each character like you do in some of the other ones, like in Hateful Eight. You learn everyone's story, why they're there, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, up. Yeah. He's re- Tarantino's amazing. His characters are amazing because there's films that, like, you even like, what one what, of what my, the first Tarantino film I ever, I ever saw was Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's that, you know, you, you have an element of story just to set it up. But Reservoir Dogs is just the same as Hateful Eight mm-hmm. because you've, you've got, you've, something has happened that has led to this group of people being in this place together. And it's a, a heist gone wrong or bank robbery gone wrong. And all mm-hmm. of these people are now in this building hiding out while the police find that one of them has been shot. You know, yep. and and the the entirety of the film is 
these characters that are good enough to carry the film without anything having to happen outside of that room. Yeah. Oh, that is it. And, the hit, and the Tarantino, there's very few people that do it as good as, as well as Tarantino do. Yeah. That relied what, 100% on the writing. Yeah. Just, yeah. just the scene out, didn't change. Out, yeah. Yeah. Just one uh, I, I think I think also he he's if you ask me my favorite Tarantino film, I would say one. But then when I'm watching another one, halfway through I think, no, I think this one's my favorite one. Yeah. And then the next one I'll watch, I'll go, oh no, no, this one's my favorite <laughs> favorite yeah. one. It's it's so hard, it's so hard to choose. And then there's ones that you could, you, you, could, you could easily forget about, but probably are the best, like Jackie Brown. Yeah. Oh. Jackie, no, no, Jackie Brown is the best one. More, more, like, <laughs> I don't know many people who would say Jackie Brown's my favourite, but it's it's just as big a contender. Yeah, He's only doing one more film. Supposedly, he said yeah. He, was, he said he was going to do 10. Yeah. Um, my favourite quote from him was, uh, he didn't go to film school, he went to films. And that's what made him a maverick. Yeah. In my mind, so. He went, what, you mean just went to see films rather than film school? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he looked into the source material instead of going to just a pure nerd. Taught. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, exactly. Well, he's not he's an auteur, isn't he? A lot a lot a lot of auteurs. If you go to film school, you learn a standardized way of doing things, and it can almost drill out any originality you might have. Yeah, that's like this. Like it's like actors. There's the, there was the two acting schools, wasn't there? There was uh, fuck, I haven't thought of these names. Donk, I'm going back now. What were the two? Um, Rada? No. No, there was one was Alas and one was um who does inside the actor's studio? Strasburg, something, something Strasbourg, <laughs> something Strasbourg, something Strasbourg. Um film schools. There was two film schools that were like the biggest in the world. But basically one of them was one oh, of them. Can you hear you? <laughs> it's, it'll come to me. That's not I I'd have said if it was one of them was something, I'm sure one of them was like Strasbourg or something. But um, basically, one of them were kicked out a load of really famous actors that we all know, you know, really famous actors that, like, they're all your action stars. They're all your... If you pick a genre, they're the actors... Michael Shamil? No. If you pick a genre, they're the, they're the actors that you would see in that genre. The other yeah. side was responsible for putting out a lot of method actors, the likes of, like, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Christine Oh, I know what you're Dale, talking about, yeah. People who were just, like... Unbelievable, it's so durable. They can fucking turn the hand to any role and they're on a different level, you know. Like, if you compare, uh, I don't know, name any action hero, yeah, and then compare them to someone like Christian Bale, who can be an action hero if you need him to be, but he's also done all this other stuff. And yeah, the one there's that's the point method acting and then being being taught a standardized way of acting. And I guess like directing and film school, the same thing, like. You want to be the run of the mill director. These these are things you need to know, but mm. you need you need to have that element of just pure originality to be a Spielberg or a Tarantino or a Scorsese or a mm. Lynch. You know you can't just learn the standardized way of doing things to be one of those no. people, can you? You've got to do your own shit. You've got to be a bit fucking risky. Take own risks. Way. Yeah. I'm 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 reading the 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 novelization of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And nothing's happened yet. It's just basically talked about other films, um, and you, you you sort of I, I'm already making a list of films that I need to watch just from like little conversations within that book. Um, they, they're talking talking about like the set of the who, who did the Seven Samurai film. 
No, I've, I've got. Is this microphone on? Hello. What are you saying? Yeah, I don't uh, know. If did it. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, Lee Strasberg was one of them. Lee Strasberg was a Polish-born American actor, director, and theater practitioner. He co-founded with directors Harold Klerman and Cheryl Crawford the Group Theater in 1931, which was hailed as America's first true theatrical collective. So the Lee Strasberg School was one of them, Theater and Film Institute, method acting. He was the guy who put out all That was a theater that all the method actors went to. I think Akira Kurosawa was who you were thinking that's, of Simon. that's yeah that's that Thank, thanks for listening to me thank you sorry sorry i went i went down a, a, a wikipedia rabbit hole yeah that's fine right anyway <laughs> that's it thanks for listening everybody that was the first guest episode of 2022 with anders anders on Thank you very much, Anders. You've been a great guest. Some really good films in there. I liked the format of just uh, sort of like word association for the answers as well. I quite enjoyed that. It was like Thanks. buzzing. It. it was like buzzing in, wasn't it? <laughs> you didn't get the last one. <laughs> I gave you oh. quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Like, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it's a pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. yeah. We'll, and we'll it always flies. Again. I can't. I can't. I've just looked at the. I've just looked at the time. Then I can't believe it's been three hours. And 15 minutes. <laughs> well, you've been staring at Wikipedia for two and a half, so, you know. <laughs> Ignoring Simon. <laughs> yeah. I've, just, I've just got Adam Sandler in a dress on one screen. <laughs> He's got to save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the bank. Uh, <laughs> so if you'd like to join us on patreon.com forward slash Simon and Ross, uh, you get uh, extra episodes, episodes early and video episodes uh, occasionally, um, all from £2.50 uh, a month. And your, your uh, support with that is appreciated. And uh, thanks very much for that. Good stuff. Say yep. bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. I think we I think we missed you two out. <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we did it too. Or maybe we thought that did we think that in, was improved one, one of the rejects? Yeah. And we we treat we treat it as it was as if it was number five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll edit I'll edit round it. It's all right. There's still there's still plenty of films there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about a lot. Yeah. So so what time is it there now? It's twelve. Time for lunch. Nice, nice. Time for tea. On Monday. On a Monday, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ross has already been over you with this for so many times. So yeah, that was that was three hours ago. I forgot about it. Because <laughs> there's people that have come on that were terrified of coming on, and giving them a subject is something that makes people feel more comfortable. Because me and Simon yeah. do podcasts, and we we have very little subject matter and we're just literally we stretch chatting. it out very thick you yeah. guys talk a lot about bumming each other yeah. <laughs> which has increased when we've not been able to record them together as well so it's, do you find um, you get more viewers on those episodes than the other ones <laughs> certainly on the video feed <laughs> that's our main revenue now well you guys are 
you guys are really good at um, mitigating your dead air time, which is really good. And it's also really hard as a uh, presenter to do that. So add off to you guys. Glory of editing. <laughs> <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's, it's like when he rings you go like this this is an hour gone i'll be on the phone to ross for an hour <laughs> just talking about just talking about everything generally which one of us has been ill or, <laughs> or the most embarrassing thing we did yesterday <laughs> yeah who's most recently soiled themselves yeah <laughs> it's, always that. it's always that. i, I don't know why that. Ryan. it's always that <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm gonna bounce because I'm gonna piss myself. Yeah, I got a shit. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's guys, that, was, like, that was awesome, Anders. I'll be somewhere in between the two. <laughs> Chofty. Yeah. <laughs> right. It might be impressive, but what a fucking waste of time.